Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. No, I'm Colin Parker. Well, you're Alex Taylor, and this is our podcast. <laughs> That's all about us doing what we can do to be named in a future 30s. Uh, for, oh, my God. In a future Forbes 30 under 30. There we go. I made it. Good. Uh, so, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing pretty fine. Uh, I just made it through my first week of my last semester of my undergraduate career. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, what have you what have you been up to recently? So, this past week, I went to Magfest with some friends of mine, and I saw a lot of interesting panels. Actually, um, th- so Magfest it's a convention. Well, so they they have different like conventions out throughout the country, but the one they had out here was out in um the National Harbor, and it's a music and gaming festival, and they have a lot of different panels, a lot of different concerts, and I saw some pretty interesting panels on game audio design and live streaming. That is pretty cool. So I guess you're going to probably start working through that sort of thing. Yeah. So with um the game audio design panel, they had a lot of different like, well, one, how to get in. Well, they Who do they have? They had Ben Burns, Mark Strait, and Alyssa Menace, who have worked on a variety of like indie game titles, um, AAA titles, all that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of like, how do you get into the field? How do you get started? What would be some good places to actually get started? Contracts, that sort of thing. And it's given me some ideas on how I can actually like like expand my brand through like create well creating music ambiance ui sounds all this other cool stuff um and i also saw a panel on live streaming which has given me some ideas as to how i can kind of broadcast what i'm doing through live streaming so yeah so every time um we talk about stuff like this right And you talk about like, you know, how, how can I expand on my brand, yeah. right? My brand. The first thing that pops in, exactly. <laughs> Every time I go, my, my brand. brand is, is always what pops Look into my head. with your special brand. <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, kind of like I said earlier, you know, I, I, this week I was working through my first week back at school. Mm-hmm. Um, What's really cool is, is that um, kind of a too long, didn't read version of my week was that initially they told me that I was going to have to take this one class in order to take over a certain number of credits that I needed in one field. And I was like, that's bullshit. I was told something would cover that. Um, That was last semester. When I came back, I was like, I really need to reduce my schedule. How can I do this? Turns out one of the classes they decided they could use. So they took away literally the hardest class that I had to do this semester. And so now I'm under 20 credits for, for, uh, for, you know, for this semester. So I have a much nicer schedule and that feels great. And you're still, you're um, also in a journey under 30 as well. Cause it's under 19 credits. I am in a journey under 30. Um, one real quick thing that I'd like to share as well that I got this week. Um, that's really cool. Um, something that we talked about in the last episode was that I said, I wanted to get into, um, bullet journaling. Yeah. Um, which I do have one and I have some stuff for that. Um, what's been interesting is that it's been somewhat difficult for me to break into that because of the fact that I'm so nervous that I'm going to mess up a page and it won't look nice. And then my journal will be messed up. Um, but my good friend, Julie Roberts, um, sent me something in the mail recently. And this thing is awesome. Um, it's called a rocket wave or a wave book. Um, it's something like that. I, I know that it has the word wave and there is a rocket on it. Yeah. That's why I think I'm getting the name of it confused, but it is kind of like a uh, bullet journal mm-hmm. that, uh, is erasable. 
Hmm. Um, okay, sorry. It's called the Rocket Book, but the Wave Edition. That's what it's called. Um, so here's the thing, though, right? So it's a bullet journal, and you can get these pens, um, which I bought like a full color set for, so I can organize things and color things in or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you can take notes, you can make graphs, you can write letters, you can do all sorts of stuff. And it has an app in which you can then scan in the page, mm-hmm. and depending on what you circle at the bottom of the book, um, you can choose where like that circle then makes that scan go to. Yeah. So you can put it in your Google Drive or into a Dropbox or into a sp- specific email. So it's really handy. It's really cool. And then when you're done, as long as you're using the specific pens that they tell you to use on this, you can put the book in the microwave. That's why it's called a wave, yeah. right? You put it in the microwave and you microwave it for a certain uh, amount of time mm-hmm. um, and it actually clears the book like the book gets erased. Yeah. Hmm. So it's a reusable bullet journal. And I think that's incredible. And so far, I've taken some notes in it. I've written some like random thoughts and stuff like that. And it, so, you know, I can use one notebook for everything. Cool. And it might seem a little disorganized, but then I can scan it in and it gets organized for mm-hmm. me. And then I can just erase it at the end of the day. And I think that's really cool. Um, so thank you, Julie, for that. Uh, it's super helpful. And you guys should all check it out. Cool. Um, so real quick, um, before I get to my special surprise, kind of just to touch back on your uh, MAGFest situation yeah. um, and kind of the things that it's inspiring you to do. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that, you know, you think you're going to do with some of this new knowledge? So one th- so one thing I've started doing is transcribing music from video games that I like. So the idea is mm-hmm. to figure out what makes the this music work and what elements can well what are the characteristics and what can I use in my own works. From there I'm going to create music kind of in the soul using those characteristics. So say one right. game I'm working through right now is Nuclear Throne. It's like a top-down like roguish like you die and die and die and die and die and I really like the music. Mm-hmm. So like I've been listening in two different modes. So one like listening on like on the surface level, like, okay, so what are the characteristics and what are the common elements? Like, okay, so the boss themes are in five four and they have like this really like thick like synth lead sound, but then they change slightly depending right. on the level. But then also listening more intently, like, okay, so in the theme, so the so what is the melody actually doing and like transcribing it? So yeah. From there, my go- my uh goal is to live stream like composing music in that style like obviously there's going to be a lot of prep work ahead Mm -hmm. of time like creating new themes and like figuring out like what i actually want to use just to save time when i actually do stream just so i get more stuff done but yeah that's the plan that's pretty cool um you know i something that might be a fun thing for us to work on whether it's just you and me or you and me and some other people in the network um Sometimes I go out to Humble Bundle, yeah. and so a couple months ago, I bought, like, one of the RPG Maker bundles, mm-hmm. so I have, like, two, three, and four or something yeah. like that, um, and so maybe we could uh, make a whole series about us making a video game. Like, we can all sit down and make a game together, and then, you know, whether it's just you or you and I or you and Michael and I or whatever, we can make the music that goes along yeah. to it, and maybe we'll have something that we could package and put out there. That might be that might be something to look into. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Um, so now that we're kind of getting ready to get into the whole swing of things, um, as I said, this was my first week of school and one of the classes that I'm in is a business course called management and organizational behaviors. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so what we did on the very first day, 
uh, was we did a personality test. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that a lot of companies use to sort of get to know the people that are coming in um, that are, you know, that are already signed into the company. Well, I I beat you to it. I know I'm I'm an INFP. So this is actually a totally different type of personality test. So. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to have everyone that's listening, hopefully, will follow along. Um, I'll give you a point in which to pause, and then I'll tell you when we're back, um, you know, so that way you kind of know. Um, but, uh, Alex, I want you to get out a piece of paper, uh-huh. and both you and the listener, take the next, let's say, five minutes um, or so to draw a pig. What? Draw a pig. That's all you got to do. Okay. Okay, so we're going to pause right here, and in just a second, we'll be right back. Let let me get my shit. All right. Okay, we are back. So hopefully you have paused and taken the time to take out a piece of paper, draw your pig. Um, So this is the pig personality test. Before I run through all this stuff, I want to thank some of the people who I know have already participated, uh, such as Graham Thompson, Holly Chatfield Flanagan, um, Ruthann Gallagher, Matt, um, okay, I apologize. I'm just going to spell your last name just so I don't get it wrong. C R U E A, Cra or Cruia, Crew, Crew, maybe. Um, Christopher Lee Trebol, T R E B A O L, um, and Stephen or Stefan Ato, A Y T O. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. And Mike Patton. I almost forgot Mike. I'm so sorry. So, um, yeah, so these are people who have already sent us in their pigs. Um, so, you know, thank you so much. It has definitely shown us a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, so you can all follow along with this. And so we're going to kind of break down Alex's pig, which you will be able to find on our Twitter and our Instagram account. Great. Um, starting on the day that we uh, post the uh, podcast episode. Cool. So here we go. Um so the first thing to look at is where you drew your pig, mm-hmm. right? So if your pig is drawn toward the top of your paper, you're an optimistic person with a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you generally anticipate the best possible outcomes of actions and events. So you're sort of a, you know, see the glass half full. Yeah. Now, if you drew your pig towards the bottom of the paper, you're kind of a little bit more pessimistic. Um, so you kind of expect the worst and you see the glass uh, half empty. Hmm. Now, if your pig is drawn toward the middle of the paper, you are a realist who tends to face facts, face facts, sorry, um, and deal with them uh, realistically. So you're like, oh, this glass is dirty, so let's put it in the dishwasher. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, I was at the top of the paper. Alex is kind of like halfway between top of the paper and middle. So, you know, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, you're a pretty positive person, but, you know, you're definitely, I would say, probably the most realistic of of our bunch here. Yeah. Um, So I think that's pretty on point for you. Um, Now, if your pig is drawn facing left, you believe in tradition. You're friendly, outgoing. You tend to remember, you know, dates and birthdays. Yeah. If your pig is drawn facing right, you are innovative and active, Mm -hmm. but not as good at remembering dates. Yeah. Um, and if your pig is drawn facing forward, you are direct, straightforward, you welcome like open conversation, like you're welcome to basically kind of debate and kind of actually not be like a jerk about it. Um, for both Alex and I, ours are kind of halfway between facing right and facing forward. Yeah. The body is facing one direction, but the face is facing forward. Um, now, if your pig is drawn with many details, you are analytical, cautious, careful, 
you may be distrustful. Um, or if it's drawn with few details, you are impulsive. You care little for detail and you're willing to kind of go out there and take some risks. So uh, the last one is kind of what Alex's uh, here is, but that's uh-huh. good. You know, Alex is, Alex is ready to jump at the chance, you know? Uh-huh. Um, if your pig is drawn with four legs showing, you are secure. You stick to your ideals. Maybe you're a little stubborn. Maybe. Um, if your pig is drawn with less than four legs showing, you may be insecure, uncertain, or living through a period of major change. And Alex, yes. before you ask, uh-huh. there is no option for you know more than four legs. Okay. So if you have like a human centipeded pig, human centipig. Um, Would it just be a, pig, a, a, a centipig, not a human centipig? Uh, yeah, whatever. You get my point. That That's not an option. So uh-huh. if you've drawn that, there may be a different test that we need to look into. Uh-huh. It might be a serial killer. I don't know. So How'd you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is... Hello. Welcome to My Favorite Murder, where hello, you're getting a live cereal. confection. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, there's la- two last steps. Uh, the last thing is... Or the second to last thing is the larger the pig's ears you've drawn, uh, the better listener you are. Um, and last but not least, the longer the pig's tail you've drawn, the more satisfied you are with the quality of your love life. So, you know, Alex, you know, you've got a pretty long tail, so that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I like that, Alex. Good. So anyway, thank you to all the people that we've mentioned before that have, uh, joined in. Yeah. You know, tell us how you think your pig did. Like, does your pig represent your personality? You know, hit us up on social media. Let us know. Yeah. Um, you know, or if you think, oh, well, I just uh, maybe you're like, well, I'm not a really good drawer and I just kind of have this is the easiest way to draw a pig. Maybe that's what your life is like. But there you go. There's the pig personality test. Um, I really like this class that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm probably going to bring forward a lot of the different things that we talk about in this course to discuss here, because I think that, um, you know, a team. Sorry. No one does anything alone. Right. We've talked about that before in this podcast. But uh you know, a team is only as good as their leader is yeah. as well because of the fact that like a team can only go so far, so far forward mm-hmm. without direction. Um, so someone who's solid and as a good manager, as a good leader, they're going to help bring their team to the next level. Cool. Um, so with that, Alex, do you want to get us started this week? Yeah, sure. So my person this week is Fitha Janampali. Microlending has become a popular way to support families in need. The problem, however, is that these loans then need to be paid back, often at high interest rates. Conditional cash transfers, on the other hand, are no-strings-attached transactions that require no interest or payback. Svitha Janampali has spearheaded research into the effects of conditional cash transfers on poor families in rural Nigeria, helping mitigate the cycles of poverty and protect youth in a country with one of the highest child mortality rates for children under five. So, Jeez. my person is Svitha Janampali. She is the founder and CEO of New Incentives. Um, they provide families aid through conditional cash transfers. So conditional cash transfers mm-hmm. are small sums of money that individuals in need can earn after meeting certain criteria. So, well, in the case of New Incentives, that's getting your getting a child vaccinated, getting, you know, well, getting them vaccinated, um, uh-huh. making sure they attend school and all those other things. And okay. One donation could provide for all the money that a family would need. Well, but would cover the cost of transports as well as the cost of foods, for instance. Um, okay, that's cool. A little more about her. Um, she is a twenty. 20- 
So she was in the 2014 Forbes 30 Under 30 for Social Entrepreneurs, the age of 25. Um, she attended the University of Minnesota. We'll get to that later. Uh, she was highlighted as a changemaker by the Clinton Global Initiative, and she participated in Y Combinator's 2016 NFP batch. So Y Combinator is a model for investing in startup companies. Basically, they'll drop, so maybe they'll work with um, like a small set of like startups. They'll put a sum of money into these startups and then they'll work they'll move these companies to silicon valley work with them for about three months to refine their pitch and then after they pitch to investors they will continue to hold the business throughout the life of their business so yeah that's pretty cool um and i think that's you know it's it's um what's what's the word for it like i feel like that could be a tough thing to do you know what i mean to say like here's an incentive to kind of do something that I'm trying to think of like the right way of putting this. Well, when you're choosing between working for survival and being able to afford food and then, or taking off of work to take care of your children. But then if you do that, then you can't afford to get food. Then it's, yeah. yeah. I mean like, and that's, and that's definitely like a tough like line to walk. And it's definitely something that we, in this country don't exactly face i mean there's obviously there's you know issues with like poverty and like work and really obviously medicine but like we definitely have it better uh here than some countries do um and so like you know it's definitely i'm sure there's definitely people who are who are kind of torn because it's like well you know yes there's this new thing but like this is the way that it's kind of always been done here of course and like how do i know that's gonna work um, and so like, that's, that's, that's smart though, to say like, you know, it's not just about, okay, well, you know, we think that you should go do this. It's saying like, we this think you should you do, do this and like, this is what you need to do really, but we'll help you, you know? So it's Certainly. like, you're not alone in this, in this endeavor. Definitely. Um, well, and another thing is that many people well. <laughs> Another thing is that there, well, there's this common belief that we need to have more clinics and more schools, but there are so many schools and clinics that just go underused because either people can't afford to take the trip or they just don't trust schools and hospitals. Right. So it's trying to bridge that gap between, okay, well, I don't know if I should do this or I can't do this to actually being enabled to be able to do that and being rewarded for actually doing it. So Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I feel like that's pretty powerful stuff though, too, because, you know, I think that. And this this is something that we'll kind of talk about in a second for my person, but like, mm-hmm. I think that there's less, um, people talk about like, you know, wanting change and stuff like that, but, but then I feel like there isn't a lot of focus on the people who are out there trying to do those changes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool to see like that recognition of the level of work that that person's putting in. Um, and clearly like, cause th- here's the other thing about being a 30 under 30 that I've noticed, right. Mm-hmm. Is that in some cases it doesn't necessarily mean that you're amazing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're talented. Um, it just means that you're doing something that's influential, mm-hmm. right? But it's cool when you have someone who is doing both, I think, you know, Um, like this is both influential, but then also obviously this isn't exactly a talent because, you know, like we're not talking about entertainment or music, but this is definitely something that takes heart and a certain amount of work to do. Definitely. Um, And I mean, like also think about like how many 
legal boundaries you probably have to bound uh, or, or jump over or whatever, you know, that yeah. you have to overcome in order to make something like that work. Definitely. I mean, because it... I think the company's based in California and she's done um like pilot programs in other countries, I think in like India and a few others. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't imagine like the amount of j- just like red tape you would have to go through just to, like transfer funds from one country to another. Like, it's- right. And also like, you know, the, the legality of like, uh, of different medicines and stuff like that. Yeah. Are definitely different state to state country to country. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like that's definitely a lot of stuff that, they're juggling now obviously like what something that we've talked about before is that it's never just a one person job yeah right but there's definitely something to be said about you know um powerful leaders in any industry um you know something that i think is important about people in management roles is that they are only as good as their team is Mm -hmm. but the team is only as good as they can be um Nope. Sorry. Let me try this one more time. It's more of like, you know, like a team can only be so good on their own. Like they do need to have some form of guidance. You know, so there is, there is some, um, it is a, like it's, it's symbiosis, you know, like there's synergy between those two levels of work. And I think that there's a lot to be said about someone who can get a team together to make these huge changes in the world. Of course. Well, and a big issue, uh, obstacle that she had to face was um, she had trouble finding support for the project because uh-huh. a lot of organizations either didn't trust the poor or didn't think it would work. Right. Yeah. So especially when you know, kind of like what we were saying is like when people who are out there who are like, but I mean, I get what you're saying, but like we've never had that, so yeah. can we trust that? You know, so like I think there's probably a lot of like you kind of have to bridge the gaps between both of those people and say, look, guys, 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 if we can all just trust each other for like five seconds we can make see what happens yeah right um and so how many countries have they done this work in do you know so so far it's just been it's only for um nigeria but there are other programs out there that have done conditional cash transfers oh well just Mm -hmm. cash transfers in general um so there's a website called givewell.org but that analyzes charity organizations to help donors figure out where to give and they have this big that's cool Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, you're fine. No, I mean, it is cool. They had this big section on like different types of cash transfers. Now, I haven't I didn't find as much on on like other organizations that are doing this. Like not to say that um, not to say that why am I forgetting the name of this? That new incentives is the only one doing it. But it there aren't a whole lot of organizations that are picking up this calls as opposed to like businesses like kiva where it's like microloans um mm-hmm. so i guess a little more about can, uh, cash transfer so there are actually three different types so okay. there's the conditional which is like you get cash if you fulfill various requirements there's right. the unconditional where it's just you get cash with no requirements mm-hmm. then there's the business grant programs where so this is also unconditional but it's more specifically for small businesses that have no paid employees besides the owners okay so is this kind of like i guess um uh, now, obviously, like, I don't necessarily know any names of this, but like sort of almost like Red Cross or Blue Cross, Blue Shit, Red Cross, I guess, yeah. um, you know, companies or uh, volunteering groups kind of thing like out in these countries who are trying to to bring medicine or some sort of like economic or uh societal change in these kind of like third world countries and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's more focused on just cash. 
Right. Well, what, to- what I mean is like, you know, like, so like, let's say you have a, a medicine clinic mm-hmm. that's trying to open up in a place where medicine is very, you know, uh, unobtainable. Yeah. But in order to, to open that and run it, you know, you have volunteers and stuff like that, but you still need money to actually get it up and running and get mm-hmm. supplies and stuff like that. So I'm guessing that that's kind of what that's for. So, or, or are you talking more like this is a place that has so much poverty um, so we're trying to get people to basically own their own businesses. So we're trying to help them get these businesses started. I think it's for businesses that are already existing. Okay. So it's not like, oh, well, we want you to make a business. It's there's this group that has a business and we don't, want and you we to don't support them. Yes. Okay. That's my understanding of it. Okay. That's cool though. I mean, like that makes sense. I mean, you know. I guess to a certain extent, it's kind of somewhat similar. Whoops, hang on one second. My computer just went to sleep. I guess it's to a certain extent kind of similar to the idea of like the bailouts that we had here in America, but like yeah. it's for people who who actually kind of need it, not not so much of like everybody. Well, this billionaire just wants money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, cool. I like that level of work. Um, definitely. And they so, got, oh, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, no, so. You first. No, you first. Uh, so, and there have been quite a few studies done on how effective these are, and they've shown to well, so across many studies, they've shown a, a variety of things. So, a couple of things have been um, increased food consumption, decreased household and food expenditures, um, mixed impact on child labor, not so much investment, higher use of health services, and improved school attendance slash performance. But that's more for conditional. So. Okay. So they have shown to be effective, but Givel has had a few concerns regarding them. So one thing has been inflation. So th- their worry was that you put more money into an area and then the value of the currency diminishes. But there have been, haven't been a lot of statistically significant data to prove this. Um, right. They were also worried that it discourages wage earning in adults. Now, there was a study done by World Bank that concluded that cash transfers have had a modest disincentive for adult work, but four out of the five studies that they used didn't really show this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then GiveWell was also worried it could um, encourage social unrest. Now, the studies that they looked at showed low levels of hostility from communities of those receiving aid, but there was 38% more violence reported than in their control tests. Now, I don't know what their control tests were, so that could change how we interpret this, but yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I'm guessing that there's also some concerns, like, you know, speaking of inflation, mm-hmm. um, this is something that we kind of saw after like World War II for our country, really, Yeah, you know, is um like stagflation. So, you know, like when you have um, inflation kind of essentially like when inflation starts getting super high right like it just continuously grows um and then after a while though the economic growth would just kind of slow down yeah um if they still have a huge level of unemployment you know it just raises that like that issue of like economic policy where it's like well now we still don't have enough people working but the economy is starting to slow, but prices are now too high. You yeah. know, like that's kind of like what happened with us with, you know, we we had all these things that we were building and like, you know, we were like, oh, man, look at all these great products that we can make, you know, and like we were booming. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, now we have too many things and not enough people who can pay for them. You know, what I mean, we kind of like yeah. oversaturated stuff. So, you know, there's I'm, I'm assuming there's got to be some sort of conflict there you know of like you know obviously we want things to progress and we want things to grow but like where you know where do you have to draw the line of 
what is too much growth that will then actually kind of set you back. Yeah. You know course. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so then what are they? Um, let me try this again. I know obviously we're mostly talking about stuff from like 2014 and stuff like that, but like what, you know, what are they working on now? So it's, I, I think at this point, well, so all the info I pulled was from their, uh, the website today. So I think it's really just continuing their operation. Um, I'm, I imagine they'd want to expand it or I don't know if they'd want to expand outside of Nigeria or just like expand within Nigeria. But I think right mm. now it's just maintaining the business, keep it going and just grow as they see it. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So like once, once they have like the corner on that market for lack of a better term, then they can maybe start to kind of dip their toe in something outside of where they are now. Yes. Well, I imagine depending on, uh, no, I don't know too much about how Africa is structured like gov governmentally. So I don't know, say if you operate in Nigeria, then maybe if you go to the next country, if it'd be a different set of regulations because maybe they're not as unified. I'm not really sure about that, but that would be something to look into. Um, another thing that GiveWell found is it actually, um, so they were comparing giving out cash transfers through cell phones versus like handing on physical cash. And they'd found mm. that recipients of the cell phone transfers walked an average of 25% less than those who received the physical funds in order to cash it out. Like you would have to go, you wouldn't have to go as far to get your money. And then the phone transfers also showed an increase in the diversity of crops grown and consumed relative to a group that just re that received the physical transfers in a phone. But yeah, mm. so those that re received phone transfers, like they might have as a result more crop growth or crop consumption. So I found that interesting. Do they do they have an idea as to why that happens? Um, it could be related to like if you have less that you need to walk or less like time you need to put into actually getting the cash, and that could give you more time to actually doing other things. Hmm. So that makes sense. At when when you have like information or the materials that you need just kind of already on hand. Yeah. Yeah, you have more time to focus on the stuff that's, like, kind of surrounding you already. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now, just a little bit more about um, Ms. John and Polly. So, I'd mentioned that she had gone to the University of Minnesota. So, she's on their alumni page. Um, so, she majored in global studies and international relations. Um, and she recognized how bad international pro situations were, but she didn't really... There weren't really any tools to address that. So she also majored in economics. And when she graduated, she then studied microfinancing in India. That's where she saw that the whole micro lending model wasn't effective because she found a lot of people who had tried to do that. But then they were stuck in debt because they couldn't actually pay back the loan. Um, and then this was more geared towards college students, which some of her advice included reaching out to advisors early on. So that's more of a student thing, but set clear goals and aim high. Um, expose yourself to different things and people and start now. Don't wait until graduation. So I've done one of those three things, exposing to myself to different ideas, but yeah, not the other two. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily true. I just think that your focuses have shifted. Since of course, then. of course, you know, like, so, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short on that. I mean, like, you know, um, for me now, definitely it's a, it's a matter. I'm definitely doing why well, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm doing all of those things. Yeah. I know that I'm definitely kind of working towards something before graduating. Um, and you know, the, the social aspects as well, I'm kind of working on, um, so I think that I at least have those two two down. Definitely. Um, but you know the thing is, is that like 
I do think that that's somewhat related to the whole idea of what this show is, is you know, mm-hmm. working on the different things that you can do that will kind of help you find where you're going to make your mark in this world. Definitely. And I think, well, one, I guess if I'm being, if I'm anal- being analytical of myself, one thing that I never really did was setting clear goals for myself. It was always, it, it has always really been just seeing where things take me as opposed to like, this is something that I want to do. And it's really only recently that I'm finding that, okay, so this is something that I actually want to do. How can I get there? So, right, right. I mean, yeah, I definitely think there was a point in time where for you, it was kind of like you were going where the music took you Yeah. and now it's kind of led you here. And so now it's like, okay, now what, what's the next step in which I can build upon that? Yeah. So um, build on the successes from there. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, like she's did, let me try this again. I think she's definitely doing some good work and I think that we need more people like that. And I think we need more recognition of people like that as well. Of course. Yeah. hear that Colin? no what is that i i don't know i i, I can't think of a bit for that anyway <laughs> I, so. I can't either all right <laughs> all right <laughs> we'll we'll, I mean, we'll find it so, i mean i don't know if there's always going to have to be a bit there no you know? no we, we'll, we'll find it we'll, we'll make it work we'll make it work um uh, we're spending this week's Hi Moms uh, time to plug something of ours and kind of give you guys a sort of an update here <laughs> We'd like to plug a series we're doing about New Year's resolutions. So not saying the word resolutions, but still resolutions, but really more just an overall personal betterment that happens to coincide with the beginning of the new year. Uh, so that series can be found on YouTube. Uh, the series is also open to viewer submissions as well. Um, but so far, as far as like the network members participating in it, it's uh, Alex, Michael, Graham, Naomi, Meg Miners, and uh, myself. Uh, we all have some pretty different goals, uh, and I do think it's going to be interesting to see where some of these will go. For example, like Graham's goal, you know, to get into voice acting. Yeah, and you can find that series on YouTube. Um, we're deciding on the official title this week, but currently all of the goals videos can be found under the title of Resolutions and Resolutions Parts 2 and 3. Um, and so speaking of the YouTube channel, um, due to some of the changes that we've been working on that we've talked about in both those videos and also a little bit on the podcast here, um, video updates have sort of kind of halted a little bit for the channel. Um, and, you know, I, I personally usually do a majority of the editing, um, but part of the whole, you know, I'm going to make my schedule less insane um, does include delegating more workout. Uh, so in order to do this, uh, you know, basically we need to make this basically like a release schedule. Um, so then that way I can delegate stuff that I say, oh, I, I personally want to make sure that I work on this. Um, or if there's something that Alex and Graham personally want to work on, someone else in the group can get their hand in at editing, you know, stuff like that. So we'll, we're going to delegate that workout and we're going to try and be better about um, basically making it a more even effort so that everyone feels involved but then also so that then no one feels like they're doing too much at any point um so you'll start seeing more stuff from our channel starting late january maybe early february again yeah and the last thing to discuss this week is that we're going to be updating the website with all the new shows on the network we're also working on some live streams and social media events around different shows so keep your ears to the ground on those because we'll be rolling those out soon as well 
All right. Um, I think because I already messed up the bit that we tried earlier, I'm just going to say, let's get back to the show. Whoa, false alarm there. Hey, everybody, this is Colin, um, your co-host, best friend, and future 30 under 30. Um, I am here to quickly interrupt past Colin and Alex because when we recorded the episode, uh, we totally forgot something that was very important to talk about. Um, and that's the fact that we switched our RSS feed. Um, you know, if you're not sure of what that is, that's okay. But basically it's how, you know, we, like where we upload our episodes to and how it gets put into all these places like iTunes or Google Play, stuff like that. Um, so we made that transition actually just a couple of days ago. Um, to a brand new company uh, that is actually also made by fellow my brother, my brother and me fan, Bill Hinderman. He's the founder um, and the you know kind of like the head of the team over at Shortwave. Uh, so that's where our podcast is now hosted through. Um, and so I just want to give you a little bit of real quick information on Shortwave. So, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're probably into podcasts, right? Um, but maybe you have your own or maybe you've thought about starting one. I know I've thought about starting more. Um, and if you have, you know that a lot of the tools are old and clunky and haven't evolved with the industry. Uh, or if they have, they're so expensive that they only cater to professional broadcast companies. But Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone, not just professionals. Uh, the team at Shortwave believe that the future of the podcasting industry depends upon empowering creative individuals. Uh, you know, with that in mind, they built it to be the best place to build your podcast, grow your audience, and monetize your entire catalog of episodes. Um, you know, like I said, we've just recently made this switch over to Shortwave, um, but their team has been super helpful and just absolutely a delight to work with. Um, so now is the best time to start your show on Shortwave. Go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. One more time, that's www.goshortwave.com. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. So, Alex, um, Colin, I'm actually going to do something a little unorthodox. Uh, it's kind of it, funny because, like, this was sort of an idea. No, but it was an idea that I sort of had that I was going to start implementing, like, much later in the podcast, like mm -hmm. many episodes from now. But um, what I'm actually going to do today is I'm going to talk about someone who hasn't been a Forbes 30 under 30. Um, it's mostly because, like, I seriously can't really tell you why they haven't been. Um, but before I talk about who my person is, I'm, I want to give you the explanation as to why. Um, Can I take a like, guess? Why, like, yes. Is it because we have no good male rule noodles? Yes. Okay. No good rail male modes. <laughs> Oh my God. I, okay. So real quick, before I even explain the story, uh. let me read this text message from Alex from yesterday. So I was telling Alex about what happened and as to why I couldn't present the original research I did. 
And he said, God damn it. There are like no good male role modes, noodles, models. Well, some. <laughs> and I was like, modes, noodles, models. Um, well, so. autocorrect can be a major dick sometimes. But it was it was really funny just watching the words come in. Modes, noodles, damn it. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing that he tried worked. Um and so the thing is is that yesterday before, you know, like the day before um we decided to record this. Uh, I, it was already kind of a weird day for me. And then I was like, well, let me get to my research. Maybe this will make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so I spent a while doing some research on someone that I actually liked. Um, not that I haven't liked other people that we have talked about, but like, I got excited about this one. You know what I mean? Um, and I did my research on Aziz Ansari. Um, I was super excited to talk about him. I gave him kudos in my research and talking points. You know, I was going to talk about his book that he wrote after his award about dating in the digital age um, and how he seemed to be a pretty good dude on and off screen. And then I logged on to Twitter <laughs> and I saw the notification um, <clears throat> that he was accused of sexual misconduct. Um, and I read the article. It was... Um, God, I mean, it was just wild, dude. It just was yet a umpteenth billionth example yeah. of like the idea that even the people that you think are good uh, um, and can't be bad, like, no, you're wrong. They can still be bad. Um, so I spent some time looking at like three other people that like I had talked about, you know, because um, uh, I was interested in some other people from like the 2012 list, which is where uh i'm sorry was um you know on and so although i like some of the others i honestly like that moment just really put me in a bad mood yeah um and so like i just didn't know what to do because like there were people that were interesting but just i i don't know what what it was about it but like i i reached over for like my headphones and stuff like that and i just decided to put on some like some some background music while i was thinking um and i put on an album that i love very dearly and I was like, you know what? I wonder if this person is a 30 under 30. Um, and I was disappointed to say, no, they aren't. Um, now, at this point, it's a little too late. Forbes slept on this one. And uh, this individual is now 32. Um, but at the time of the album that I was listening to, she yeah. was still 29. So, you know, sh shame on y'all. Yeah. Um, the album I listened to was Emotion by the eternal Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, and I know there's a few people and maybe even Alex who probably rolled their eyes, but like, let me tell you, emotion and emotion B sides has some just real fucking bangers on them. Um, so I'm going to try and keep this somewhat short, um, so that I can kind of get to the main reason why I decided to, to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, so this is sort of an analysis on a career that I think was overlooked, um, and then we'll get to the kind of like the good heartwarming stuff here. And I think this is kind of a perfect compliment to your person, yeah. right? Um, that there's some, there's some really good stuff still happening out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's going to counteract the sad stuff that we just had to talk about. Um, yeah, definitely. From the beginning here. I was just looking over a little bit of what, um, your, uh, person was accused of and it's like, wow, that's yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's not good. No. Um, and like, you know, there's definitely, situations where sometimes you know you look at it and you're like that's bad but like it's not like um i don't know what the word for it is like it's bad but like not you good. think maybe it's like 
I don't know, like maybe this is something like, for instance, Dan Harmon, who was able to come out and kind of not just, a, it wasn't even necessarily an apology. It was like a self-reckoning. Yeah. You know, of like taking ownership. But at this point, I just feel like even if Ansari takes ownership on this, it's like, you know, you've tainted every word that, that you've said about this topic. Yeah, definitely. Because like, you know, he was such a big person about talking about respect and all this other stuff. And then turns out that like he he wasn't. Not uh, himself. <laughs> so, so um, let's talk about Jepsen. Um, cool. Jepsen, Carly Rae Jepsen, mm-hmm. uh, got started CRJ. performing and writing um, in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to skip forward, though, to the first major success, mm-hmm. which was the song Call Me Maybe in 2012. Yeah. Um, ironically, it's the same year of the list that I was looking at, right? Hmm. Um, I do think that that song is probably a guilty pleasure for almost everyone ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say that you don't like that song, but like, honest to God, if you hear that song, you're going to sing it. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those, um, what, are they, what do they call those? Uh, earwigs. Earwigs, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. It's a wig for your ear. Um, Right. So it's like through this song, she reached number one in 18 separate com- countries. And wow. like for like a first, like for like a first major hit, like that, that, that was her literal, let me try this again. That was her first literal success, you yeah. know? Um, and that, and to be number one in 18 separate countries, I think that's Buck Wild. That is. Um, so her second studio album, because her first studio album was more folk music, which is interesting because then she took a total turn. To do the album called Kiss, which also arrived in 2012. Um, and I don't think it's a bad album. You know, I think it's it's fairly good. Um, and it does lead to other successes like uh, performing in Greece live wow. and uh, actually landed her Cinderella on Broadway. Oh, cool. Cinderella in Cinderella yeah. on Broadway. Um, so the thing is, is that we get to the big moment at age 29 with Emotion and like, God damn, dude, I love this album so much. Yeah. Like this album is talked about by a lot of older crowds. And for but I mean by that is like, I think that a lot of the times pop music is, I think, generally aimed a little bit more towards a younger crowd. But like Certainly. people of like our generation or like our age and up actually are the ones who talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's become like this cult favorite because of there's like a heavy influence of 80s music, you know, yeah. um, synth pop, 80s dance pop. Gated snare. Um, yeah. And like, it still holds on to some of those like modern day influences. Yeah. Um, and like emotion B-sides, which did come out later. So like, you know, I don't think that's something that you can hold towards the career aspect of it, but like, it's an amazing follow-up um, using some of the songs that were cut from emotion. And it's like, to me, it's honestly hard to believe some of those didn't even make the original cut. Yeah. Because some of those songs like store or, you know, first time, yeah. um, they're, they're just simply one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally store is probably in my top 10 of all, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're coming to us to like talk to, to listen to our show from any of the McElroy adjacent Facebook groups that we're both in. Well, you know that um, um, Griffin McElroy stated that Beethoven actually rewrote a store. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you guys know what's up. You know that the br- brothers always preach on the magic of this album and of CRJ. Um, but like if you haven't heard this album, like I implore you to go listen. Uh, songs like Run Away With Me, the title track Emotion, uh, Boy Problems, Your Type, When I Needed You. These are just songs that like they're not just catchy, but they're more intricate than I think the first listen leads one to believe. Yeah. Um, but it's also super relatable content. And that's kind of what brings us to kind of the reason why I wanted to talk about this person, because 
Um, even if they weren't a Forbes 30 under 30, they've had a career that I think has made an impact. Yeah. Um, cause this is the heartwarming stuff, which is Carly Rae Jepsen and activism. Uh, not the company. Um, oh no, that's Act Activision. Never mind. Uh, activism. Um, you know, so she, her lyrics have been noted, um, as diving into the lives and like love issues mm-hmm. of the gay community. And many people of differing sexualities have talked about finding like a truth or finding something of their own experiences in her music. Yeah. Um, so I read this London based article from a publication called Pacific Standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was written here that Jepson taps into a shared queer history of escape, possibility, and disappointment. Um, and there's another really great article and uh, quote in that same article that I wanted to read that starts with some of the lyrics from uh, the song Cut to the Feeling, yep. which was the summer jam of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lyrics say, I had a dream or was it real? We crossed the line and it was on. So this is like her kind of confiding in you, you know, at the beginning of the track. Yeah. I've been denying um, how I feel. You've been denying what you want. Um, and so then it's only a few more seconds until you hit like the chorus. Yeah. Um, and this is where kind of like some of the big stuff comes, which is I want to play where you play with the angels. I want to wake up with you all in tangles. I want to cut to the feeling. Oh yeah. I want to cut to the feeling. Right. I want to cut to the feeling. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. It's super catchy. Right. Oh, yeah. But the song was this like emotion like outtake basically that mm-hmm. was also originally planned for side B, which is crazy to me because that song is also stupid good. Yeah. Like, it's not stupid, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just, it's, such, it's, it's so just good. It's stupid. Filthy good. I, I mean, almost, I mean like it distills, you know, sorry, uh, going back to the quote, yeah. it distills feeling familiar to queer people, uh, denial and longing balanced with restraint mm-hmm. in these lines. Jepson isn't just talking about love or the desire for love, but rather the desire for an impossible love as she works through synth saturated feelings of, uh, of heavy confession and an almost hopeless sense of expectation. Um, so, you know, when, when she was kind of questioned about this and like, you know, her lyrics and, you know, kind of where she's kind of standing for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, Carly said, I've always felt when we go to wherever it might be, like a festival or something along the lines, it's just a different kind of energy. Uh, everyone is so joyful and you feel all of that as a performer. Yeah. And there's just this mutual love fest going on for me anytime I can get in front of a crowd like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that that shows where she stands because she canceled a performance at the Boy Scouts of America's uh, National Jamboree, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is a terrible name. Yeah. Like what an awful name for a for a series yeah <laughs> but like uh she and i can't remember the other group but there was another music group that canceled their performance back in i think it was 2013 mm-hmm. maybe 2012 um after they had this ban on gay participants in the boy scouts and wow you know that was yeah. kind of like a well if that's how you're gonna be i'm not gonna be a part of that yeah um, so she stated in an interview with uh, HuffPost that most uh, that moving to the U.S. because she's from Canada, right? Mm-hmm. That moving to the U.S. made her realize how big of an issue LGBT um, you know inequality is. Yeah, and it inspired her to become this huge advocate for it. 
Um, I'm not going to quote any more stuff, but like there is also one more really fun article that I read by The Muse mm-hmm. called Carly Rae Jepsen's Boy Problems is a Beautiful Gay Song of Discovery. Um, and it's a really fun like analysis of the lyrics by her, Sia, and Greg Kirsten. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think that's something to kind of go check out. Definitely. Um, but there you go. I think that's a missed chance for Forbes. Um, but it is still like a happier story about a musician who does good using her platform. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that this is kind of a good time to say that like, you know, obviously there's going to be people on the Forbes 30 under 30 that we like, or that we, um, or that we, uh, what's the word for it? Um, connect with. Yeah. Um, but then there's always going to be people that we go, how did this person not get there? Or here's someone who hasn't gotten there yet, but they still have a chance, including ourselves. Yeah. Um, that I think that we're going to kind of take some time to focus on and say, Hey, here's someone that you should be keeping your eye out for. And so this is, I think a good time, or this was a good time, I think to kind of bring in someone like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, I could have talked about a few other people. Um, there were definitely some people on the 2012 list that I that I really liked, but um, this was just kind of one of those happy stories that I was just kind of like, well, they slept on this one, but like we it, could do it. It just warms my heart. Yeah. We can do it exactly. We can we can give them the recognition. So yeah, I think Carly Rae Jepsen, great job. Good job. I think it also goes to show that even if you don't, I mean, obviously, if, even if you don't get on the Forbes 30, like you can still make a difference. It's not make like an impact. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It, it's not like there's just a time window where like, oh, well, your 30 years are up. You can't do anything now. So absolutely. I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. But like, you know, for instance, Griffin McElroy, who is sort of the inspiration to a lot of this, you know, just because he got that Forbes 30 under 30 doesn't mean that he stopped. I mean, like, you know, immediately after that, he did things like, um, you know, finishing the Adventure Zone uh, balance arc. And like that was like this huge thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then he wrote one of the stories in the um, I, all of a sudden I can't remember the name. It of was it, a and Star I have Wars it thing, somewhere right? in this room. But the Star Wars book that's like 40. It's like a collection of 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. Yeah. But they're all like short stories, you know, different stories, little short stories, but not about. The people that you already know just, just about like background characters right exactly yeah. yeah and i think that was i think that's really cool and clearly like the the writing and storytelling ability that he has was noticed not just from his work at polygon but the work that he does outside of that you know mm-hmm. so you know i think that's one of the main reasons why we're doing this you know is that even if you and i don't get to the forbes 30 under 30 list like we stop in order podcast? to get right <laughs> we have the podcast at the very least no, so we, we stopped, have each other we stopped the podcast because we well, well, we'll stop when you turn 30. Okay, that works. You know what I mean? Because you're a year younger than I am. So we'll, 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 I'll kind of be an imposter for a year, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so there you go, everyone. You guys have about four years left of this podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, no, the, the thing is, though, is that like, even if we don't get there, in order to get there, uh, we would have to build upon the things that we already have and we would have to build something. And so even if we don't get that accolade, like, we still built something. Yeah. And there will probably still be people who enjoy our things and go, I can't believe they never got this. Yeah. But like, they'll still like us. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to hate us just because we don't get there. I mean, you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess we can kind of, I guess that's kind of already a little bit of the lessons that we learned, but I mean, what are some other things that you think we could apply? Um, you know what? That's a good question. 
I mean, I guess going back to um my person, Mrs. John and Polly, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, well, we kind of have two different threads here. So there's the idea of setting your goals early and then that'll set you up for later. Or, well, I mean, with, but that's also not to say that um CRJ hasn't set herself up because she's, I, I imagine she's done, a, she did a lot before she actually got recognition and she's been building right. on that work to get to where she's at. I agree. I, I, I also, I think that something that like, you know, we kind of addressed a little bit is that I think that, um, you know, from your person, um, something that we've also kind of seen here is that like trust is a big thing yeah. in, in any industry, right? Like if they couldn't get the trust of not just the people who back her project, but also the people who would participate in the project, yeah. um, without some sort of level of trust, there would be no... The project wouldn't... It wouldn't have worked. It, it wouldn't have worked, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think that's a big thing is like, you know, for instance, like I saw this thing yesterday that was about, you know, um, the first step to loyalty is gaining trust. Um, and so, you know, people aren't going to be loyal to your project until they begin to trust you and your words and, you know... yeah when you have to balance two sides that, you know, are on that same page, you know, you got to build that somewhere. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier with your person, but, you know, juggling all those different bits of red tape from either side is, is a lot of work. But, you know, when people can see that level of work, um, I think that's where the trust starts because they go, they're pretty adamant about this. There has to be something here because they didn't give up, you know, like they kept pushing forward. Yeah, definitely. I think one last thing that we can kind of take from all of this, right, yeah. um, is real quick, just to jump back to Carly Rae Jepsen, is that even though she herself isn't, well, sorry, at least she hasn't come out, but like, as far as we know, she's been, uh, per- she's portrayed herself as being straight. But just because you feel one way doesn't mean that you can't be a part of the representation or be an ally or, you know, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Just because you are one way doesn't mean that you can't advocate for others. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, no, that actually fits with both of them, right? Yeah. Just because, um, what was, I'm so sorry, what was your person's name one more time? Svita Jen and Polly? Yes. Okay. So even though she isn't from, or even though she isn't living in these other countries, right, she can still be an advocate for, for their betterment. Yeah. Um, or for their side, you know, and to give them... Uh, someone to like lean on right yeah and i think that that's something something that's big is that just because people are different doesn't mean that you can't identify with them and doesn't mean that you can't be there and be on their side yeah certainly um so i think that's another really big thing to that you can kind of take heart with um i definitely think that like my so i think what we'll do is i'm going to give a small challenge and then i know alex has a question um for the audience but my challenge this week would be Kind of in the in heart in the heart of this and in the heart of you know MLK Day, which is the day before this, um, and really just kind of I guess the spirit of this overall pod uh, overall of this podcast is you know get out there and do something good this week, you know, and I don't just mean like you know unload the dishwasher for your parents or something. I mean like find a time this week to to kind of go out of your way and do something big for somebody yeah. because i think that um i think i just think that we could all use it right now certainly so my question for you audience is what are some things that you've picked up from well what are some 
lessons or just general advice that you picked up or could extract from our examples here. So like I had Svitha Janapali, she has, you know, with new incentives and working on helping people in Nigeria through cash transfers, Colin had Carly Ridge Epson and like, I'm really good at this. I might have to do this again. Um, do you mind if I give it a second shot? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So my question for you, dear listeners, is what are some lessons or just general advice you could extract from our two people here? Like, what are some things that maybe we missed that you thought could be good advice that we could share? Um, if you have anything you'd like to share, please tweet it at us. And actually, we should probably get to how you can do that right now. So I agree. Colin, what are you going to work on this week? Something that I haven't really been working on much recently, but I do think that I would like to is um, for Christmas, one of the books that I got um, was a book called Pivot by Jenny Blake. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it is a little bit related to something that you brought up in the beginning of the of the podcast about, you know, starting in one place and kind of changing directions a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, but still being rooted within the same thing as the last step, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you're pivoting from one one thing to the next. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to continue to work through that book and kind of continue to see where, where I can continue to pivot yeah. and improve upon what I've built so far and like, how can I take it to the next step? Good. So um, in line with pivoting and what you had mentioned about like well, myself pivoting, I'm going to continue down this lane that I'm pivoting. So specifically, I'm going to be continuing to work through a book that I got a while back by a, a magazine called Attack. They're like an electronic music magazine where they have like reviews, articles like what magazines typically have, but specifically towards mm -hmm. electronic music production. And I've been treating this book kind of like a college course. So they have like, okay, so if you want to make, um, if you want to like, process a kick drum this is how you do it so like in ableton right. i've been okay so then let me make up a, like you had these things called effects racks where it's basically all the different like things you would use to edit it but now i'm just saving it as a preset so when i pull it up i can just drop it in and then use it um and i'm also going to be working on building up just like a bulk uh well practicing composing practicing making melodies and just make things that i want to share with people so that i can get some interest and then hopefully start working with people so yeah fantastic um, so I think that's probably a pretty good spot to leave it at. Yeah, me too. Please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news reviews and interviews video series about the arts world. Or if you are looking into more podcasts, try out our other great shows on the network, such as Academy Outcasts. Uh, so you can find our video series and others on our YouTube, um, or you can find our podcasts wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Um, and if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. And you can also find me on Twitter at A-T-A-Y-L-0 or French at music, F-E-R-N-C-H-A-T music. And you can find both of us on the at Scavengers Network handle. At Scavengers Net. Yes. Um, for Twitter. Yes. Um, but at Scavengers Network for other places. Yes. So uh, thanks for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And I'll see you on the Forbes listings. And I'll come up with a better outro. Bye.